Hello and welcome to Safe Travels. I'm your host, Damien. The Safe Travel Show is about finding expert advice so that you can enjoy worry-free travels. Are you taking an RV trip for the first time this summer? If so, this is the show for you. RV travel is huge this summer because people are trying to avoid air travel. But there are a lot of mistakes to be made unless you know the insider tips and tricks. Today we're talking with Mark and Julie from RVLove.com. They've been on the show before, and today they put together a great list of 12 tips, tricks, and hacks for first-time RVers. These are tips that will make your trip safer, avoid a lot of misery, and have a lot more fun. They'll talk about the mistakes you can make with your black tank, that's the holding tank for your toilet. They have cleaning tips to keep you safe and happy, a lot of great product tips, and then even some tips to help the family get along okay. Show notes will be available. I will link to all of the products they mention. You can go to our Twitter feed, Safe Travels FM, to find links to that. I hope you enjoy this discussion with Mark and Julie from RVLove.com with 12 tips, tricks, and hacks for first-time RVers. Mark, Julie, welcome back. Thanks for joining again. Thanks for having us back, Damien. Yeah, excited to be back with you. For those that may not have heard the first show, would you mind introducing yourselves, what you're up to, who you are, where you are, and a little bit about what you're doing? Sure. We're, we're Julie and Mark Bennett from RV Love. We're full-time RVers now. We just celebrated our six years of full-time living, working, traveling from the road in our RV. We're up here in the Colorado mountains at the moment where it's beautiful. And uh, we're the authors of the best-selling book, Living the RV Life, Your Ultimate Guide to Life on the Road. And we just love RVing and love teaching and sharing all about RVing to help other people get out there and hit the road too. And we're going to be helping some RVers today. There's a lot of new RVers on the road this summer with coronavirus. People are trying to find different ways to travel and we're trying to help them out today with the top tips and hacks for new RVers that are on the road. And you're going to help us with those. Yeah, we're happy to help with that. And yes, there has been an enormous surge in new RVers this year. I can see it. I've looked at listings locally at dealers and all of the listings are marked sold or pending and things like that. So I can see that it's very much increased in popularity, which very I can we're, understand. We're seeing that on the road too. Dealerships saying they're really low on inventory and we go through our campgrounds and we see tons of temporary tags and lots of newbies and newbie mistakes. So it's fun <laughs> right. to share some tips to get people on the right Well, and we're going to help people avoid some of those today. You put together 12 tips for us. So why don't we start with number 12 and we'll run right down the line and you can say a little bit about each one. Sounds good. Starting at the bottom. Well, that's very appropriate because one of the big questions a lot of (laughs) RVs have RV toilet paper and what you can use in your RV. And so what we're here to say is that you can use your favorite toilet paper as long as it's septic safe. And a lot of people think that you have to go out there and buy the RV specific toilet paper from camping stores. And we're here to tell you that you don't necessarily have to. We were lucky enough that we were able to bring our favorite Charmin brand from home, but there is a very handy way to test whether or not the toilet paper of choice is one that you can use in your RV, which is a septic system. So it's really important that you don't put things down an RV toilet that aren't meant to be in there. And so just take a jar of water or a container of water and put a sheet of toilet paper in it and seal it up with a lid and then give it a shake. And you'll see very quickly if the sheet of toilet paper is breaking up into little pieces or if it's still staying together more as a, as a whole sheet. And that's an indicator if it doesn't break up that it's not really advisable to use in your RV toilet. But as long as it breaks up in little pieces, it's safe to use in your RV toilet. Okay. And is that for the RV itself to prevent damage from that? Or is that environmentally for dumping it? Well, it's it's partially for the RV itself. So it's less likely to stick to the tanks and cause a future problem for that. And it's also for a lot of campgrounds use septic systems. And so you need to have a septic safe toilet paper for those systems. I see. Okay. So make sure you're using the right toilet paper. That's the first tip. It is. And it's been so topical. It's been such big news this year. And, and I just saw yesterday, there has been year. a big toilet paper shortage. And people have been in quite a lot of pain 
panic about it. And I actually saw yesterday on Facebook, which is what prompted this, so sharing this with you today, is one lady was really panicking because she couldn't buy the regular RB toilet paper at the store that she normally got. And she was really concerned. And, you know, it's very easily solved. Just try other brands and see if it passes the toilet test. Well, moving on to number 11 on the list, what do you have for us? Number 11, we're going to switch to something more serious than toilet paper. We're going to switch to a safety item, and that's knowing the weight limits of your RV and staying within them. It's estimated that over 50% of RVs on the road are overweight on at least one measure, whether that's their total weight, axle weight, tire weight, or combined weight. One of those measures is going to be overweight on more RVs than not. And the way to know what your weight limits are is most RVs are going to have a yellow sticker. It's usually on the door. Sometimes it's in near the driver area in a motorized RV, and it's so it's near an entry door, and that's going to tell you what the total weight limits are for the RV. And if it's sometimes they're extra thorough, and they'll actually list the cargo carry capacity of that RV as well. And so this is important for safety because it's less strain on your RV and also on your tires, and because it's going to be more likely to cause an accident if you are overweight and. Speaking of the accidents, if you were in an accident and you were found to be overweight, some insurance companies may deny your claim and that would be leaving you personally liable for that. So it's a very serious topic and it's um, something that I think a lot of new RVers think, oh, it's this huge vehicle. I'll just load whatever I feel like in it. But it's they do have weight limits and they really need to be. And it's not always something that an RV dealer or sales person will educate the buyer about, Damien. So it really is up to the customer. It is our responsibility to check those things. Things, to ask those questions if we're buying or even renting an RV or borrowing an RV and just check that yellow sticker inside the door and just to see, you know, sometimes an RV will roll off the factory line and there actually isn't much wiggle room in terms of spare weight to load all your people and your gear and your water mm-hmm. and your food in and that's something to really pay attention to. Right. And I assume that goes for both the loading, all of the things that you just mentioned, like your personal items, but also towing, like using a vehicle that doesn't have enough power to tow a certain size RV. I I assume that applies as well. Absolutely. A lot of vehicles have towing limits as well. And people think, oh, my my truck can tow it. Well, can it stop it? Can it properly handle that trailer? You know, there's definitely needs to be a consideration as well. And how you're going to camp is a big factor too. If you're going to be going campground to campground, you don't need to be carrying a lot of water with you because water is really heavy. It weighs eight. 0.3 pounds per gallon. And so our example is our RV weight has over 100 gallon freshwater capacity. So that's over 800 pounds of water. And if I'm just going to go from one campground to another, no sense in carrying all that weight. Right. Well, it's an impressive statistic that you had there, 50% are overweight. So that's pretty scary. That's a good one for people to watch out for. It is. Next on the list is number 10, and it's also safety related, and that's to check your tires and check them off. And tire pressures are a much bigger concern for RVs than they are for regular cars. And blowouts is one of the most common causes of RV accidents. And part of that's because, you know, RVs spend a lot of time sitting. People drive their cars every day, so they're more likely to have them exercised and they wear down. But RVs, they spend a lot of time sitting and then they are generally pretty heavy. And so they're near the weight limits of the tires. So it's really important to have the proper tire pressure in them and to check it really regularly. And so don't just check it once in a while. And I would highly recommend getting a tire pressure monitoring system. That's actually one of my biggest regrets on traveling in the RV is not getting one of those sooner because it's a huge safety factor, but it's also a huge time saver for me because I was 
always aware of the importance of tire pressure. So I would check my tire pressure every single time before I drove. So I knew that I was in the proper range. So I carry a tire pressure gauge and ideally an air compressor. And so you can monitor that, but definitely look into having a tire pressure monitoring system or at the very minimum, check it with your gauge. Okay. So you checked it quite often, it sounds like, but then the monitoring system just gives you the numbers in real time. Is that right? It gives you in real time. And it's kind of funny. I didn't even think about it until after I had it, but because I was checking manually all the time, every time you check the tire pressure manually, you're letting a little bit of air out. And because I was letting that little bit of air out so frequently, I ended up having to pump the tires back up really frequently. And so that was why it was really important for me to have a really good quality air compressor. We had a Vire air compressor, but now I don't need it as frequently because the monitor just checks it. And it checks the pressure and the temperature and the every temperature. single tire of our motorhome. And we have six because we have a diesel pusher motorhome with six tires. And we've also got our Jeep that we tow. And while that has an inbuilt tire pressure monitoring system in the Jeep, that's not any use when you're towing it. So <laughs> when we're towing, right. we actually, about a year ago, right around our five-year anniversary on the road, we ended up on the side of the road in New York because something was happening with the RV and we thought there was a problem with the tire. But Mark was able to immediately check the tire pressure monitoring system and rule that out immediately knowing that all the tires were fine but our immediate thought was the tire had blown it's given us a lot of peace of mind especially as our first rv trip we did actually have a shredded tire crossing crossing from colorado to california it happens it's a common failure yeah and is that an easy thing to add on the monitoring system super easy to add on you don't have to mount them inside the tire aftermarket we have one in particular to be really like it's made by tst and you just put them on as if they're new screw caps on the inflation post and then the monitor you just turn it on and a few minutes of setting it up and you're good to go. And we're happy, Damien, to um, share the specific model that we have and that we like, if you want to include that in your show notes for your listeners too, because it's a system we've been really happy with. Yes, I was going to mention that. Anything that you mentioned will definitely be in the show notes because it's definitely helpful to point people in a good direction. So that'd be great. Great. And we're moving up to number nine on the list. Number nine is rent an RV before you buy. And uh, while we didn't do that, we jumped in boots and all. We went full-time six years ago. It's actually something that over the years we've learned, you know what, there's a lot to be said for renting first. You first of all want to make sure that you like RVing before you go spending all the money on one. It can be expensive RVing. It's not just the cost of the unit. There are a lot of other related RV expenses with the taxes, insurance and registration and storage if you're not a full-time RVer. So You know, we've also met people that bought an RV and then discovered they didn't really like the lifestyle. So I think renting an RV first could have helped them avoid that mistake. And we really recommend renting so you can try on different RVs for size. So, you know, the type of RV, the size of it, the floor plan, the layout. So take an RV vacation before you head out there and buy one. And you can actually just try different kinds. If you're undecided whether to get a motorhome or to get a fifth wheel or a trailer, well, go and take one out for a weekend or a few days or some RV rental companies will actually set an RV up in a campground for you so you don't have to worry about driving it if you just want to get familiar with the livability. But you can also rent from private RV owners through peer-to-peer sites like RV Share and Outdoorsy, and they have great selections of all different kinds, and they not haven't got that obvious branding on the sides of the <laughs> RV rental that just screams tourists. So you can feel a right. bit more like a regular RVer in one of those. And, you know, you'll just learn a lot through an RV rental experience that will help you in your RV buying decisions, and that can really help you avoid expensive mistakes or buying the wrong RV. And if you just or just go out and have a great great vacation yeah you're testing the waters but you're going to do it in a way that you probably have some fun doing exactly and we're moving up to number eight on the list of top tips for new rvers right and this was this one's we're speaking from experience on is is 
Plan your travel to arrive during daylight hours for optimal safety. Arriving after dark, especially if you're tired, can get expensive when your RV collides with items you can't see. You know, a lot of these campsites, they might have trees or rocks or some other obstacles that you just can't spot very well at night. And you can run into them and boy, that'll cost you a few bucks for sure. And That's the one, the one time our RV, our first RV that we ever did connect with something we weren't supposed to connect with was with a bush at an RV park checking in one night and mm. so it didn't do major damage but it definitely was something we would have preferred not happen. Another side note to that too is that another advantage of driving during the daytime hours is that you're more likely to have assistance if something does go wrong if you do have a breakdown. More businesses are open to be able to provide guidance on how to make that repair or to know that you can take it to a repair shop to get it closed because a lot of those dealerships and repair shops are closed on evenings and weekends. So this is something we ran into before where we Mm -hmm. ran traveling on a weekend and we had something go wrong. And had we been traveling during business hours, we could have been coached through how to repair that and be back on our way or know where to take it for that repair. Yeah, we ended up with extended delays on the side of the road because they just couldn't find a place that was open being able to. And we do have roadside assistance, but still the roadside assistance has to get you to a place that they're confident can do the repair. So we've just learned over the years that if you travel during business hours and especially in the daylight, it's just less likely that something will go wrong. And if it does, then you're more likely to be able to get help quickly. Yeah, I can see that. It's a good tip because a lot of people would be tempted to push through sometimes and let's do a few more miles. And next thing you know, the sun's setting and you're in some trouble. Absolutely. It's just, there's no rush. Take your time, enjoy the journey, because if something does happen, it'll slow you down a whole lot more than and if you just well, and the journey place. itself is a big part of the joy of RV mm. travel too, is that you have that freedom, flexibility, and then taking it in. You know, when you go air travel, it's more destination driven, but RV travel is, I think, part of the journey is is part of the fun. Right, enjoy the ride. And we're moving up to number seven on the list. Number seven on the list is related to your waste tanks, your black and your gray tanks, because I think a lot of newbies might be scared of the big ominous thing of opening up those valves and having a big mess come flushing down those pipes at them because they've seen some movies where that's big trauma. But the big point here is that to never leave the black valve open because the black valve is the one for your toilet tank and you need to keep that valve shut at all times. Keep that tank shut until you've had at least 50% full before you empty that. Because if you leave the black tank valve open, you know, some people might be at a campground where they have what's called a full hookups, where they have a sewer connection at their site and have the mistake of thinking, oh, because I have full hookups, I can leave that open. But if you leave it open, the fluids and the liquids go down the drain and leave the solids. It will dry out and you end up with a big pyramid of poo, which is not (laughs) desirable, can be difficult and expensive to remove. So, and also dump that black tank before you dump the gray tank. The gray tank is the sink water and the shower water. And it's nice to dump the black first so that the gray water can flush that out. Now, if you're at a full hookup site for extended period of time, you can choose to leave the gray one open because there's no solids in that that dry out. So those can drain continuously, but then you'll need to shut that a couple few days before you get ready to leave or before you get ready to dump a black tank so that you have enough gray water built up to flush it out. So those are some tips uh, about waste tanks that are from seasoned professionals that newbies may not be aware of. Yeah. And just to clarify, so you go to a, a campground, it's full hookups and you run your water into it. So you're set up and some people might think, well, it's like full plumbing. So I can just be set up like a, almost like right. an apartment here. 
Yep. You're saying to keep things closed until you build up enough to properly flush and, and drain everything out. Especially the black tank, the one with the toilets. Right. Yeah. That could get nasty quickly. So. <laughs> it does. It's it's a, it's a bad problem. So you only have to Google pyramid of poo and you'll just find all these stories that you do not want to be the person with that story. Oh, so that's an official. It's a thing. Yeah, it is. Good. Yeah. yeah, because when you think all of the liquids, I mean, it's understandable why an RV or if you're at a full hookup site, but then, well, I want all that nasty stuff out of my toilet. It's natural to think that. But as Mark said, you need the liquids to help remove the solids. Yeah. And it's also right. good to have a There's tank some treatment. physics involved here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> you have yeah. some tank treatment in there too to help. Yeah. We use a tank treatment. It's an organic treatment that helps also keep odor down, but it helps break down the toilet paper and the solids in the toilet. We use mm-hmm. a product called Happy Camper, which is awesome. It actually really is a, it's a great product that we changed to after a few years of finding another one when we're using, was causing, actually, believe it or not, issues with our gray tank smell. And we found, okay. we did some research and found this happy camper and it works in both black and gray tanks really well. And is that just a flushable product? It's like a scoop. Summer it's like powder. it's a powder okay. and you just put a scoop in the, mm-hmm. yeah, you can get pods as well. Okay. So it's very easy. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. And moving up after the Pyramid of Poo, we're moving up to number six. <laughs> number six. I like to keep containers of Lysol or Clorox wipes outside in the RV in the wet bay, which is where your connections are for your water hookups. It's good for cleaning, having those cleaning sanitizing products in those bins for wiping down the water spigot or the water connection and other utilities before connecting because you're never sure what the previous person at that RV site did. And that's especially important now during a pandemic period, but it's always a good practice. You know, someone might have used that spigot to wash out their sewer hose and had some contaminants on that. And so I like to wipe that down before I put my freshwater hose on that. And it's because this is one of the only touch points you have when you have a self-contained RV and you're traveling. That's one of the beauties of RV travel right now is that you have this contained environment to travel the country. But we like also right. having those cleaning products for after I finish dumping the tanks to be able to wipe down. Okay. And just to clarify, so what can go wrong there? Not only people handling it, but you're saying somebody might use, it's like a, a garden spigot that you'd have in your house and that's what you hook your hose up to, but they might take their dumping hose, which is larger and hold that under it and kind of spray it out. Is that what they might do? Some people do that. Yeah. And so I like to okay. be able to clean that all up before I connect my freshwater hose to it. So I make sure I'm safe. And we've also seen people like having their sewer hose draped over a spigot, believe it or not. People oh. might handle their black sewer tank dumping without gloves or without using any sanitation. Then they might go turn on or off the water spigot. And so you don't know what they had on their hands before touching right. things like that. So yeah, surprisingly, a lot of people don't know how to properly use their gloves when they yeah. do this. They they use them to put their gloves on and they do all the dirty jobs, but then they just leave their gloves on and then continue to touch everything, the door handles, the keys and everything. So that. Disposable gloves are a great thing to keep in your wet bay as well, but just be mindful. It's not just about keeping your hands clean, but about not getting everything else dirty, dirty. and contaminated. Right. Maybe assume the worst as far as what people have done there oh, before please you. Do. <laughs> We've seen it all. It definitely assume the worst and take precautions. Right. And we're moving up to number five on the list. Number five is connect and screw together the ends of your RV hoses. Yeah, we're still talking about a lot of wastewater and water systems here because that's that's something important though is you have your freshwater hose. You're using it to fill your water or make your RV function like it's normal. But when you're done with that, instead of just 
unscrewing it and throwing the hose into your storage container, if you connect the two ends together, it's going to be less likely to have any leaks and it's also better for sanitation. And the freshwater hoses should also, uh, while we're talking about freshwater hoses, it should be a dedicated one that's only used for that and it should be drinking water safe, meaning uh, lead free. And those are usually indicated by it being a blue or a white hose that's generally found in an RV section. Screwing together the ends of the hoses, also the sewer hose. I mean, instead of once you're finished dumping your tanks, don't just put the sewer hose back in your storage bay there should always well it depends on the kind of storage bay you have some some rvs store the sewer hose in the bumper and in those cases they can't connect the two ends together but if you have a bay where you are able to put the whole thing in together it is a great idea to connect those two hoses ends together so okay. you don't have any leakage as well okay i was going to ask so those do connect as well the the dumping hose oftentimes especially higher higher quality ones. And I would highly recommend buying a high quality sewer hose because that's <laughs> one of the last things that you'd want to fail, right? So yeah, don't cheap out on your obvious Don't buy hose. the $6 one, buy the $20 one and yeah. reduce your odds of having a failure. We use one called right. a Rhinoflex and we've been through a few of them over the years because when they're outside and they're exposed to the elements and the sun, you know, they do develop little pinholes, et cetera. So keep an eye on them. But uh, we use one called a Rhinoflex sewer hose and it's been really great. Yeah. Okay. And then with the water, you have a fresh water hose that goes into the RV. So that's all of your, your fresh water coming in. Do you carry another one just for any other uses or is it really just the fresh water and then a dumping and all the hoses you need? I do carry an extra one that I use for flushing the tanks for dumping. And I also know of other people who carry additional hoses for general purpose, like uh, washing their RVs and such. Okay. And the flushing, can you just describe that really quick? Not all RVs have this, but some RVs do have the ability to connect a hose to a flushing system that is basically like a sprinkler system that's inside the black tank and that will spray on the walls and fill it up a bit so that it makes it a, a more thorough flushing out of the tank. I see. Okay. But not everyone has that. So that, that not every RV has for. that. Okay. Well, great. And we're moving to number four on the list. Number four is plan your route in advance the night before. And I think a lot of people, you're excited to go on your trip and you'll jump in. And a lot of people will just plug the address into Google Maps and start driving. But Google Maps thinks you're a car and not an RV. And RVs are usually taller, longer, heavier, and shouldn't drive at the same speeds as a car. So RV travel is slower than car travel. You should always plan for your RV trip to take longer. And while some routes are great for cars, they're just, they're just not suitable for RVs. So planning your route the night before will make for a much less stressful and more enjoyable travel day. Yeah. And some of those things you need to avoid are, you know, low bridges or some bridges have weight restrictions. Some tunnels won't allow propane. Some roads have too tight of corners or too steep of grades for RVs. So there's quite a few things to consider. And so we like using a route planning tool. Our favorite is RV Trip Wizard and the related RV Life app. And we love that because it takes into consideration all of those factors and also gives the opportunity to find rest stops and find campgrounds and everywhere you want to go to plan your entire trip out. So you could be planning your trip out you know, weeks or months in advance. And that's actually part of the fun. We also use some other travel planning tools like a regular travel atlas, a paper travel atlas. And we also have some books called Mountain Directories that are really good resources for knowing what steep grades you might encounter on your route. Okay. So those trip planning apps that you mentioned, do they work similar to Google Maps where you can put in the destination and where you are 
and it will map for you, but then it also has additional information pertaining to RV people? Right. It will map that for you and it'll even give you turn-by-turn directions, but it will be taking into consideration all the parameters for your RV, the size, the weight, and propane. And so it will choose a route that will avoid any of the hazard, well, in most any hazard that you would have encountered. So if you put in the Google Maps, like Julie said, it thinks you're a car. So it's going to take you through low bridges. It's going to take you on the most efficient, the most efficient, fastest Mm -hmm. way. But that Mm -hmm. is not necessarily the fastest way or definitely not the safest way with your RV. In fact, you may end up choosing a route that's substantially more miles, but it might be more flat and with fewer hazards and could end up being a more time efficient way for an RV than if you would have taken the route that was better for a car. I see. And so then those apps in the settings, you'll set it up for your rig so that it knows the details and it can filter the the route based on your trip. Absolutely. And if you're doing a long trip, you can put in even specifications like, well, I don't like to drive more than 100 miles in a day or 200 miles in a day. And then it has these concentric circles and it shows how far you can get in the day and also where it knows the size of your fuel tank. So where you should be looking to refuel, where you should be looking to stop for a night at a campground. It's got campground reviews built into it as well so you can find places to stay and you can download RV safe GPS directions directly into the RV life app on your phone. It's a really great yeah. system. And even if you're out of a cellular coverage area, you can view those those offline as well. So it's it's a really great tool. Amazing tool. Yeah, sounds like a great resource. And we're in the top three now. So number three. Drum roll. Have a ready made meal planned ahead for travel days and again all of these tips Damien are things that we've learned from experience over the last six years is travel days can really be stressful and you never really know if you're going to encounter unexpected delays whether it's traffic or a breakdown or anything else that may get you to your destination a bit later and we've just learned that you know arriving later after dark that's when you start getting hangry and to be able to have a meal ready you don't want to get to your campsite and think okay well now what are we going to have for dinner and then you know it's going to be another 30 to 60 minutes before you're eating so we'll We'll usually cook something up the night before and have leftovers in the fridge ready to just heat up in the microwave when we arrive somewhere or just have something that's really quick and easy and ready to go. And it just sounds like a simple, basic tip, but I can't tell you how many times we've arrived somewhere and said, I'm so glad that we've got some food that we can have right now because, you know, our blood sugar is getting low or are getting weary. And then then we'll get our RV set up in our campsite. But sometimes you just need to to have a good meal and having it ready in advance is, makes it a lot easier and less stressful. I can see that preventing some problems. I have some hangry family members. <laughs> well, and RV travel is stressful. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you're dealing with a much bigger vehicle. You have to be much more hypervigilant. You really have to think about other drivers on the road. You're having to pay a lot of attention. You're driving this big beast that's not like zipping around in your regular car or truck so you know it it really can take a toll emotionally and mentally and physically driving an RV especially if you're doing long distances so it's just all these little things that we can do to take care of ourselves and make it easier just makes it a lot more enjoyable that's great and we're up to number two Number two, another simple and easy one is keeping a patio mat outside of your RV to help reduce bringing in sand and dirt into your RV. This is especially the case, some RVs had carpet and it gets really dirty and messy. A lot of newer RVs have gone to uh, vinyl flooring that's easier to clean up and tiles. But when you, a lot of campgrounds, you know, it's a natural surface and so there's sand and dirt. And if you bring that sand or dirt in there, it of course degrades and shortens the lifespan of the flooring. But it also, it's especially important if 
you have slide out rooms, which are those walls that expand when you park your RV, because if you get sand or dirt in those rollers or in the moving parts, it can make it harder for those slide out rooms to operate and they could eventually, they could fail prematurely because of the additional restrictions. And I think too, because when we were in an RV at a campsite, we're outside more, you know, we're out hiking or go for a walk around the campground and we're just spending a lot more time outdoors than you are at home in your regular life. And it's amazing how much dirt and sand does get tracked in, especially if you have pets, if you have kids, all of that. So we've got this great patio mat that we've been through, I don't know, maybe half a dozen over the years. <laughs> and the one that we've got now, we've had for, I think about nine nine months, a year, about a year. Oh, yeah. Really like this one because it's it's called a sea gear sand free mat. And it, the way that it's got two what do you call it, two layers where the sand and the dirt actually falls through the top layer so it actually doesn't stay on the top of the mat. So we've been really enjoying that. It's really reducing the amount of dirt and sand that uh, comes it, into it the It works oven. surprisingly well, much better than our previous ones. Right. I was going to ask if there's a special style, but that's a great tip that it, the something that has the sand or the small particles just fall right through so it wouldn't get in. Yeah, it's good. And they come in different colors, different sizes, and they're reversible. They've got two sides. Yeah. And we're wrapping things up with the number one tip or hack for new RVers on the road. Drum roll, please. Well, we actually recommend that people consider traveling with a portable propane fire pit if you've got the room in your RV or your or your truck for that instead of having real wood campfires. And there are a lot of reasons for that. In our first month on the road, we learned that many states don't actually allow you to transport firewood across state lines because of pests and things like that. And then we encountered this moving between California and Oregon. And then we also found when we got out there, and here we our new BRV is wanting to have our campfires and be living this lifestyle and then there were fire bands so we couldn't transport the wood there were fire bands and you know we just couldn't have campfires and so we did end up at one campground paying to rent it was like a steel fire pit yeah. and so we had to pay for that and there weren't very many available because it was a fourth of july weekend and so pretty soon after that we got ourselves a propane portable fire pit and uh, you know it keeps you warm at night we're able to stay outside and enjoy the outside for much longer into the evenings because the fire's keeping us warm toasting our marshmallows and everything and propane fire pits are actually still allowed most of the time even during fire bans and so we have been to campgrounds where most campers can't have a fire but we're totally okay because we have a propane fire pit and it's it's much safer it's too. definitely much safer and it's more controlled and in fact you can stay really warm with it even turned down because you can get so close to it whereas a regular fire especially mm. if the type of wood is one that has the pops and crackles that spit embers out on people or the smoke but a propane fire pit has no smoke and no embers and so you can actually get nice and close to it and stay warm but it, we love the safety of it because you can turn it off immediately and you can have it on a surface that it's not going to burn below in fact we had it out on our patio mat last night and there's no heat below it only above it so you can be more flexible in where you put that and you know some people like the smell of the smoke but when you're used to traveling more frequently like this we don't like how it makes the whole rv smell like smoke but we like that you can turn it off immediately you know if people want to go to bed or if you need to leave your campsite promptly you can just turn the propane fire pit off and it's just gone immediately whereas a regular fire you have to wait sometimes hours or unless have a lot of water or something to put it out 
quickly. I think if you've got kids in a family, that's especially important because kids love to toast marshmallows. They like to be up close to the fire. And I'm sure most people have been around a campfire. You've, we've all experienced the spitting of the you know sparks at you. You just never know what you're going to get. And so we're all about safety. But the other thing we like about a propane fire pit is when you're at home, you know, if you're not a full-time RV like this, you can use that propane fire pit at home, out in your backyard or your patio, even when you're not camping. So you can still enjoy that experience, still sit around a campfire, share stories and memories still toast marshmallows and just have some of those great memories and experiences that we all love about the RV life and love about camping even when you're at home and that's so you can take it with you leave it at home and it's been something that we've we've had I think almost the entire time we've been on the road and we love it you know that's a lot of pluses that you mentioned there is some charm to the crackling and the smell and all of that stuff but it seems like it's far outweighed by the pluses. It is. And the propane is generally easier to find than firewood too. A lot of times it's hard to find firewood. The propane is more easily accessible and it's cleaner and it's so easy to store. Do you have a model that you like that you can mention and what you like about yeah, it? Yeah, we have an Outland Fireball we really like. We Part of the thing for us too though is we already carry propane for our barbecue grill. And so we already had that fuel source. And so we actually take up less space carrying this fire pit than we did when we tried to carry firewood and weight. Weight's always a big factor, as I mentioned in uh, one of the early tips. But there have been a lot of evenings. And again, you know, we're full-time RVers. We realize most people aren't. But the first winter we bought it, actually, I think it was December of 2014, we would find because it would get dark and cooler very early in the evenings and we'd be having to go inside and it cut our evenings short. And we were just able to stay out a lot longer. And uh, especially even even Mm -hmm. under an awning, it can help keep control that heat. I don't think you can have a regular fire under an awning. I wouldn't recommend that. But you could sit out with your your mat and an awning and, and a fire pit and stay nice and toasty warm and stay out there till extends your outside time yeah well that's great these are 12 fantastic tips for the new rv or, or even people that have done it a little bit and they want to learn a little bit something new so i appreciate it very much great tips where can people find you online? Where would you like to send them? Well, you can find us at rvlove.com. That's R-V-L-O-V-E.com. And you'll find everything there, our articles, YouTube, social media, our book, everything you want to know, you can find at that website. Mark, Julie, thanks very much again for joining. And we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds thanks, great. Damien. I hope you have enjoyed our talk with Mark and Julie. You are now equipped with the top tips that will help you avoid a lot of major mistakes and headaches on your first RV trip. Visit their site at rvlove.com. They have a lot of great information there. I have the usual favor to ask. I would very much appreciate it if you can help get the word out about the show. My goal is to help people enjoy worry-free travel, and I think everyone wants to do that. And if you can share this with your friends, your family, you can leave a review, you can leave a thumbs up, you can leave a comment. I would love to see those. I'll reply. Anything you could do would help. I appreciate it very much. Thanks again. Safe travels.